Chapter 14 My parents expected me to be at Rachel's house. Her parents expected her to sleep over at my house. My house was easier to sneak into, so that's where we went. It was almost dawn by the time we demorphed. We crept through my dark living room and up to my room, trying not to make the stairs squeak. I loaned Rachel a big flannel shirt. She grabbed a blanket and a pillow and simply fell down on the floor beside my bed. I think she was asleep before she landed. I crawled into my bed. My own, familiar bed. The sheets were cool. The comforter was my comforter. I belonged here. This was my place. And yet, nothing seemed familiar. The shadows cast by the dim starlight on the walls. The shapes of shirts and overalls hung from big hooks on the wall. The bindings of books I'd read right here in this room. None of it seemed real. I closed my eyes, then opened them quickly. How could it be? How could I remember what that chamber looked like? What the termite queen looked like when I had no eyes? But still, I remembered it all. I saw the chamber, dug from the rotted wood by hundreds of workers. And I saw the huge queen. I felt my pincers. I hadn't just destroyed her. I had destroyed the entire colony. I had done it to save myself and my friends. I wanted to throw up, but I would have to get out of bed and run to the bathroom, and I felt like I never wanted to leave that bed again. I love animals. I've been raised all my life around them. I love nature, but what did I really know about it? I have been more animals than many people ever see in a lifetime. I have flown with the wings of an osprey. I've raced through the ocean in the body of a dolphin. I've seen the world through the eyes of an owl at night and smelled the wind with all the keen senses of a wolf. I've flown upside down and backward in the body of a fly. Sometimes I go out into the far fields at night and become a horse and run through the grass. And everything I've been, every animal, is either killer or killed. In a million, million battles all around the world, on every continent, in every square inch of space, there was killing. From the great cats in Africa that cold-bloodedly searched out the young and weak gazelles, to the terrible wars that are fought out in anthills and termite colonies. All of nature was at war. And, at the top of all that destruction, humans killed each other as well as other species, and now those same people have been enslaved and destroyed by the Yurks. Nature at its finest. Cute, cuddly animals who slaughtered to live. The color of nature wasn't green. It was red. Blood red. I realized tears were running down my cheeks and soaking my pillow. I would have cried out loud, but I didn't want Rachel to wake up. I would have screamed, but my parents would have come running. And what could I have told them? Lies. More lies. Because in my world, I too was prey. The Yorks were hunting me. I was scared. I was alone. I didn't know what was going to happen to me. And then I thought of the lost skunk kids. Unlovable little creatures to most people. But they were scared and alone too. If they were still alive. I guess I fell asleep eventually because I dreamed. 
It wasn't a nightmare, though. It wasn't even about the termite world. I was a mother. In my dream, I was a mother looking for her babies. I searched everywhere, even though I was hurt and in pain. At last, I found them. And, in my dream, they snuggled next to me. When I woke up, the dream quickly evaporated, but it left behind a feeling of peace. The sun was high in the sky. It was 10.15 in the morning. Late. Rachel had already showered and dressed. I can't believe you slept so well, Rachel grumbled. I had a seriously bad nightmare. Look, I gotta get home. Are you okay? Sure, I said, rubbing the sleep from my eyes. I mean, you know, last night and all. It wasn't like I was having some kind of breakdown or anything. It's just, you know, it creeped me out. Tell me about it, Rachel agreed. But it's really no big deal if you think about it, Cassie. Termites get killed all the time. They were just termites. Bugs. Yeah. She left. I don't know if she really had to get home, or if I made her uncomfortable. Rachel isn't usually a huggy kind of person. Having to treat me like a baby probably gave her the willies. My mom was at work. My dad was off somewhere, I guess, because his truck was gone. I made some toast and drank some orange juice. Then I ate a piece of leftover veggie pizza. I felt restless and weird, like I was on the edge of something. Like life had gotten unbalanced since that day before. Rachel's right, I said out loud, just to hear a voice. They're bugs. Termites. And besides, I got away in the end. I walked outside to feel the sun on my skin. My human skin. Without thinking too much about it, I went into the barn to the refrigerator we used to store perishable food for the animals. I took out a frozen grasshopper and stuck it in my pocket. And then I headed toward the edge of the forest. Hey, Cassie, a thought-speak voice said as I crunched noisily through the woods. What's going on? I looked up and saw Tobias go skimming by. He flared, turned on a dime, and landed on a branch. He dug his ripping talons into the soft bark. Not much, I said. I heard it was pretty bad last night. Yeah? Who did you talk to? Axe! Who else? He was definitely weirded out by the whole thing. I stopped walking. It was something in the way he said weirded out. Tobias, who else did you talk to? Maybe Marco, he said. And Marco told you I went nuts, right? Actually, the word he used was insane. Also, Looney Tunes. And wacko. But he meant it all in the nicest way possible. I laughed bitterly. Well, I guess I did go a bit wacko, I said. Welcome to the club, Tobias said. None of us are going to come through all of this completely normal. You know that. Too much fear. Well, I'm pretty sick of it, I said. I had to destroy the termite queen. I know she was just a bug. But you know, who am I to decide it's okay to kill one animal and not another? Here I am, the big earth mother, tree hugger, animal lover, as Marco would say. And when it gets down to it, I'm just like... Just like me? Tobias asked. Just like any other predator, I said lamely.
You feel bad because you had to kill the queen in order to survive. I shouldn't have been there. It's their world, not mine. Those little tunnels and a rotten piece of wood, that's their whole universe. I invaded it. And when they got in my way, I reacted. Who does that remind you of? Look, you are not a yerk, and termites are not human beings. Tobias said. There's no comparison. I didn't bother arguing. Look, I have to morph. There's something I need to do. What? I sighed. It's something stupid, alright? There's this mother skunk we have who's injured. She has a litter of kids who are going to die. I think I know where they are, more or less, but I can't get there walking like a human. For a moment, Tobias said nothing. Skunk kids? Near the edge of the Yurk lodging compound? Yes. I can show you where they are. For a frozen moment of time, I refused to understand what he just said. I didn't want to think of why Tobias, why a red-tailed hawk, would know the exact location of a litter of skunk babies. I took a couple of deep breaths. I tried to keep my voice level. Are they still alive? There are four still alive, Tobias said. I felt an emotion I don't feel very often. I felt it boiling up inside me. I glared furiously at him, at the ripping talons, at the nastily curved beak. I could picture the scene in my mind, the way he would have swooped down, raked those talons forward, snatched the defenseless kid off the ground and... I was shaking. I laced my fingers together just to stop them from trembling. I'm going to save what's left of them, I said. My voice didn't sound like my voice. I'll help you, Tobias said. Chapter 15 I used my osprey morph and flew behind Tobias as he led me directly to the spot I had seen the night before. I carried the frozen grasshopper in my talons. I didn't ask Tobias any questions, and he didn't say anything. He pointed out the almost invisible entrance to the skunk slayer, and then he flew away. I knew he'd go to Jake and tell him what I was doing, and I knew I had hurt Tobias by treating him so coldly. But to tell you the truth, I didn't care right then. I just wanted to find those baby skunks. I don't know why, but somehow in my mind, those baby skunks had become very important. When Tobias was out of sight, I began to morph. It wasn't a difficult morph. I kept eyes and ears and a mouth all the way through the change. Not like becoming a bug. There was the now familiar sensation of shrinking, and there was the surprise of having a huge bushy tail growing from the base of my spine. But I had morphed a squirrel before. This was pretty close. But the fur was a new experience. Oh, I'd grown fur before, but never any so long and luxurious and dramatic. This was a regular fur coat, so to speak. Mostly black, but with an impressive swipe of white down my back and into my tail. The senses of the skunk were nothing dramatic. The hearing was a little better than human, maybe. The sense of smell was good. The sight was not as good as my own human vision, and the skunk's body was not swift or strong. I shuffled and sort of waddled when I tried to walk. When I tried to run, I just ended up waddling a little more. My front paws could grasp and hold things, but they were far inferior to my own human hands. 
It was the skunk's mind and instincts that seemed strangest of all. I've been inside minds that were all fear or all hunger. Minds that were keyed up like they lived on adrenaline. But this mind, this package of instincts was so... gentle. So unafraid. Not cocky and swaggering like a big cat. Just unafraid. I was an animal no bigger than a house cat. No sharp teeth or talons. And yet, just about nothing in the forest messed with me. I felt the gentleness of absolute confidence. I could hear the mewing sounds of the skunk kids within the burrow. I waddled over to the opening and pushed my head inside. It was dark, but I could make out four of them. Tiny, helpless little things. No longer infants, but not yet able to defend themselves or hunt like skunks. I know some people think animals don't have emotions, but those kids were happy to see me. And something in the mind of the skunk was relieved and joyful to see them. I retrieved the frozen grasshopper, now completely thawed. I crawled inside that little hole in the dirt. I curled around and the kids nuzzled up against me. I fed them the grasshopper. I knew I only had two hours in morph, but even though I had gotten up a few hours earlier, I suddenly felt very sleepy. The meal was done, the kids wouldn't starve, and I was sleepy and very, very peaceful. Even in my sleep, I knew what was happening to me. See, I had loved animals. Always. But now, I think I was falling out of love. Nature wasn't all cute and fuzzy. The strong ate the weak. The weak ate the weaker. It's what the yurks were doing. Trying to make prey out of the ultimate predator, Homo sapiens. Woomph. Hey. Hey. Are you in there? Cassie. I woke up. Where was I? It was dark. Was I in my bedroom? Was I... Oh no! Was I in the termite colony? The four kids still slept, curled up against me. I was in the skunk's den. What? I said. It's me, Jake. Cassie, get out of there. Now! You've been in more for almost two hours. That woke me all the way. I shot out of the burrow and instantly began to demorph. Jake was standing there with Marco. Tobias was in the tree overhead. I've seen Jake mad before, but I'd never seen him this mad. What did you think you were doing? He yelled, without even waiting for me to become human. You were ten minutes away from spending the rest of your life as a skunk. I fell asleep, I said. My mouth wasn't formed yet. Are you out of your mind? What is the matter with you? I'd never noticed that Jake has this vein that kind of pops out of his forehead when he's furious. Look, I'm sorry, I mumbled as I finished demorphing. He was a long way from forgiving me. This is not why we have this ability. We are not trying to save every lost skunk in the world, Jake granted. We are an army. A small, weak, pathetic, outnumbered army. We have exactly six members. Tobias has already been trapped in Morph. But he was trapped fighting the Yurks. I can't believe you would nearly get yourself trapped in Morph over some skunks. Marco stepped in and put a hand on Jake's shoulder and kind of pulled him back. Look, it's okay, Jake. She's okay. Thanks to Tobias. Jake snapped. No thanks to her. I didn't know what to say. I was too shocked. And to be honest, 
I was pretty horrified by what I'd almost done. Marco, Tobias, take a walk, okay? Jake said. Then he turned and stood with his face just inches from mine. I know you had a real bad experience last night. I've been there. I've had the nightmares. I know what's going on in your head right now. I'm fine, I muttered. Just shut up and listen to me, he said. But the anger was gone now. I care about you, Cassie. We all do. And we all need you. To win, I said. You need me to fight battles? What if I don't want to fight any more battles? What if I've had enough? I've done enough. You've done far more than enough. A hundred times more than enough. But the Yurks are still here. I shrugged. The strong eat the weak, I said. It's part of nature. Humans always win. Other animals always lose. Maybe it's our turn to lose. Jake nodded. This isn't about some race called humans. It's about people we know. People we see every day. My brother Tom is one of them. So why don't you go tell Tom it's okay that he's a slave of the Yerks, because it's our turn to get hammered. He turned and walked away. Jake? He stopped. Jake? Um, my dad will have the skunk mother ready to be returned here in a day or so. I'm not going to just abandon these kids. He put his hands on his hips and glared at me. You can't stay and morph that long, and you know it. I know, but I have to make sure no predators come around, and I have to get them food, and I have to morph at least some of the time so they can imprint on their mother here in the wild. Look, I know it seems stupid to you and Marco, and probably everyone, but I have to do this. I'll watch them, Tobias said. I'd forgotten how good hawk hearing is. Tobias will keep watch. We'll work something out, Jake said. We'll save the lousy skunks. After all, it's not like we have anything else to do, aside from saving the world. Thanks, Jake, I said. And, sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I'll be okay now, I think. He smiled his slow smile. I'll be okay too, Cassie, as long as you're around. From a little ways off to our left, I heard Marco make a loud gagging sound. It made me laugh. I must have been feeling better to be able to laugh. Hello, Phenomorphs, and welcome back to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, thanks for listening this week. I don't have anything to announce this time other than happy holidays. Uh, if you listen to this podcast on iTunes, a rating or review would be really cool. Or you could tell a friend. I'd appreciate that as well. If you'd like to reach me, you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. That is all I got. So I will see you next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>